next session, um, I'm going to host it. And I'm speaking to three amazing people who are going to give you all sorts of insights into the reality. You can be as honest as you want about everything. Um, but I'm joined by Stephanie Slater, who is the CEO and founder of School Food Matters. Um, they've been in the All About Plants category this year. Um, and yeah, just really excited to, to hear what you've got to say. I'm also joined by Sarah Randall, who's the CEO of Teapot Trust, also in All About Plants. So it's going to be fascinating to hear. I ran past Main Avenue, ran past Sarah on Main Avenue yesterday, and she just yelled at me like, "We're having a good time." So, hope that's still the case this morning. Um, and I described Tom Harfley as a what did I call you a Trump a top Trump card, and he would win, like he would win on the top Trump thing because he has been an exhibitor, a sponsor. And he's been on the show's team, so he knows everything um, about what there is to know. Um, so I'm really excited to, to chat to you all. Um, and Sarah, I'm going to come to you first um, on this. And, and just for the sort of for those of you, the whole point of this is really understanding like what you want to get out of Chelsea and how you can maximise this opportunity. So that's sort of what we're going to discuss. And, and Sarah, I wanted to ask. What was it about Chelsea that you made you apply in the first place? And has it lived up to your expectations? Well, I should just say, first of all, I've got a little cheat sheet here because I've been up since 5.15 and I thought I better have a little few notes as, as backup. The, the main reason we wanted to do it was because we saw it as a real springboard for growth. Um, the charity I run has been hovering around the same size for too long and we felt that we needed something really big to give us that um, sort of injection of energy and publicity and awareness. So that was the first thing. Um, sorry, just remind me of the question. What was the reason for doing it? Did it live up it? to expectations? Did, did it, my goodness, it's exceeded <laughs> expectations. It's exceeded expectations. We did this in the hope and belief that it would achieve what we wanted it to. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding and the follow-ups and, and all of that and how it converts into um, donations. But just this week so far, it's way exceeded expectations, yes. Amazing. Yes. And, and Stephanie, is that the same for you? What were your main objectives and how are you sort of measuring success of this? So, um, just to go back to the beginning, which was, you know, why Chelsea? Um, I've, I've loved Chelsea. I mean, I've been to every show since we've been back in London. So when this idea came up, and it was an idea introduced by one of my trustees, um, it made sense immediately because our charity is all about access to nature, children's food education. So it, to me, it was the perfect platform. Um, so it certainly made sense because of what we do. As far as um, living up to expectations, again, the same thing. It's quite, I think all of us at a show at the moment will have sort of wide eyes and feel a little bit giddy with excitement because you see an enormous amount of um, people who love what you're doing. They love your garden. So it's just this fantastically warm experience. And from, for 12 hours a day, you're talking about what you do and what you love. So what's not to like? Um, but as Sarah said, you know, the... the, the the important bit is the follow-up to make sure that we can convert all this amazing goodwill into income for the charity so that we continue to grow. Yeah. yeah. And was that fundraising was a big objective? What, what were the yes. others? So, yes, your, your question was about objectives. So, we are a small charity. We are 20 people. We started off in London, but we're now, we're just about moving across the country. So, we're in that period of growth where we want to move our programmes out of London. And for that, we need profile. 
we need people to know about us beyond London. So we've been going for 15 years. This is part of our 15th birthday celebration. Um, but we want schools in, we're moving into Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, well, all over the place. So, and so we want to grow our profile and we want to raise funds because we need funds to run our programmes. So that that's it. where we're at. Great. And in terms of measuring the success, I mean, have you got one person, two people, sort of who's dedicated to that and how are you going to be tracking it? Well, you're going to hear from Al, my colleague, um, shortly, who's Great. been tracking our social media and doing the most amazing job. Um, so every glimmer of interest we have from the press, whether that's a national paper at the weekend or it's the BBC on the day, Al's tracking that. He's We've got a baseline so that we know um, the difference this profile has made. And, you know, income's pretty straightforward to work out. So <laughs> I'll be asking yeah. my finance manager about that on Monday. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, amazing. And Tom, I mean, just from your experience of being exhibitor, you know, then going on to sponsor and, and, and then being the show's team, what are your sort of top three tips for charities? Or what's your... I guess, key advice. I didn't write those down in my notes. Oh, no, but you can say whatever um, was down in your notes, if you like. Well, no, so I was going to jump back quickly, because I thought I was here all day. Well, I've been here since this morning. Um, and I think we all, everyone involved in the show, we fall really quickly into the shared trauma of doing something at Chelsea. And everyone was saying, oh, it's really hard work, it's tired, it's bruising. And it is those things, but it's also incredible. And I think that's such an amazing opportunity, and you touched on it a minute ago, like it's these, this warm conversation that you never have anywhere else. Like it's an unrivaled opportunity. Like I remembered this morning that the uh, M&G, the ex-title sponsor, their marketing director used to say, it's a unique sponsorship in the fact that you get to speak to 160,000 show visitors as the show sponsor. But that's kind of scale. You're looking at sort of a sporting event but the problem with a sporting event is half of your audience is going to go home unhappy because their team's lost. <laughs> and you don't have that at Chelsea. It's a really warm, engaged audience. So what I would say is, I can't remember where I was going with what I was going to say. <laughs> warm audience, good conversation. <laughs> warm audience, good conversation. They can't lose. Yeah you can't, well, you, yeah, you can't lose. And it's not, and I would say, like I know there's garden designers in here, it's not about the medal. It's really about how many conversations and how many seeds you can plant in as many people's minds to get them thinking about who you are and what you're doing. It really doesn't matter about the middle. For the garden designers, it matters about the middle. And I've got an interesting one for them, but I can jump back to that because I think I've probably wasted. Yeah, no, you haven't wasted. There is no, we've got time. And I think it's really interesting what you're saying about the medal because obviously Tuesday is when medals are announced. And as a charity, I would say it's probably on you to lift your designer mm. or celebrate your designer or whatever it is. But I will say that yes, the medal moment happens, and then you get thousands of people walk past and tell you how great your garden is, and it's quick to lift the mood and remember the bigger picture. And I think we say all the time that, you know, if you think about the backdrop of what we're all, you are all working against, the bigger picture is, is the people you're supporting and the beneficiaries. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you've got anything to add on, on sort of top tips or how to keep those, keep, keep those moments sort of moving at Chelsea. Your little notes. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, can, can I just say on the medals, we, we came here 
thinking it would be absolutely wonderful for our designers because they've done us so proud. It's been a really strong relationship and we really wanted to see them do well. And I was a bit lukewarm about the medal. I thought that's not what it's about. And um, we did win gold. And I have to say the publicity we've achieved through it there's so much more, you know, leverage from having from having got that. But f my view was gold is if we do have that springboard I was talking about before, and if we're able to extend our reach and support many more children in need. So we've never lost focus on that. But the gold has given us, you know, television coverage and, and things yeah. like that, which is just genius. Amazing. And is there anything you'd wished you'd known last year? Oh, right. Yes. The one thing that I would say to you is. Think really carefully when you go back now, however you do your brain dump, whether it's a mind map or it's a word document or whatever it is, key thing, see the end from the beginning. So rather than noting what you need to do, start at the end and what you want to achieve through this and work back. That's that would be really important, I would say. That's great advice. And Tom, you've on, got yeah, just on that, that idea of starting where you want to finish. And this is to the designers, this is to everybody now in the room. No one's ever maximized Chelsea. No one's ever nailed it. And I think there are so many opportunities, like I've, scri I've scribbled some down over how to maximize Chelsea, and it's actually zooming out. It's not just looking at the showground. It's looking at what you can do outside of the showground. So it's activating existing other corporate partnerships, whether it's uh, out of home on the tube, out of home at Sloan Square tube station, out of home at the other major transport hubs, Look at the demographic of the RHS audience, like loads of them, or the majority of them live near Wisley, and they're coming up through Waterloo. What can you do at Waterloo? That's literally planting your brand's identity or your message on a Southwest trains that's coming from nowhere. What's that cost? Is it quite cheap? Um, Chelsea and Bloom, find out as early as you can from Cadogan Estates what the theme is. See if there are anybody, like, sorry, I'm jumping around. When I was at Seedlip, we worked with two restaurants um, for Chelsea and Bloom. Now, we were a corporate, so we, we paid a bit of money, but they're doing the display anyway. So if they can do a display, and it can be for charity, and it's in message with the, the wider Chelsea and Bloom theme, those are opportunities that get you seen outside of the show. So it's amplification outside of the show. And it's like, don't, don't be content with just being inside the show and just being content with getting some BBC coverage, because this opportunity is so much bigger, and no one's nailed it. That's re really, are we, yes, you've got me, really interesting, Tom, because I've, I found myself, Chelsea punters are really easy to spot on the train. Mm. So you will see lots of ladies in floral frocks, and it's amazing. So I get, the, I get in, come in on a Southwest train from Mortlake, and every morning I can spot who they are, and that's when the conversations start, mm. as early as you like. And that means they'll come and see you, they feel really warm towards you, and you know, you've got that support. But th the other thing, just going back to medals, um, I'm here to represent Silver Gilt, which we were really thrilled about. And yes, of course, every designer wants a gold. But the lovely th part about it is, is Harry Holding, who is our very talented rising star, well, now risen. Um, and everybody who came to our garden went, 
why don't you get a gold? This is such a gold garden. I mean, so that's so lovely for him to hear. And then, of course, they sort of start bagging RHS and their silly criteria and stuff. So, so Sir Harry has received an enormous amount of love, and we have really enjoyed everybody's feedback about this because it is um, our garden. I mean, everybody's garden is the best, but ours is all about children, and that's what we do. So everybody is completely charmed by the theme and the experience of the garden. So... Um, yeah, you, you can help your designer by just feeding back all the wonderful things that people say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and to sort of bring it back to the thing of, of, is there anything you wish you'd known last year, Stephanie? Is there anything you've really been like, Well, of oh. course, I'm sitting listening to Tom now going, God, why didn't I do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> but again, like Sarah, we, we've got a, a relatively small team. Um, it's interesting because the one thing that you need to know is if you do have any comm support within your organisation, just know that that is all they're going to be doing. So, again, you're going to be hearing from Al shortly, but we had to say to him three months ago, right, you're off everything else, you're now on Chelsea. And so we had to rely on other members of the team to pick up the other part of his work. Um, but it's worth doing. I mean, and then you get more exposure and you know, working out a comms plan so you build towards the event. Um, on Project Manager, just so that you know the answer, Sarah, we got as, we actually got as on this night last year. When I heard what was going to happen, I was sat there and went, gosh, I'm going to need some help here. So I just went to one of the gardens and said, who did you use? I booked them then. So there's a top tip. Go scouting for project managers. And that really helped. Not so much because we have people who are very capable of project management because we run programs. However, navigating the RHS portal is a very scary thing. Once you dive in, you may never get out again. So to have somebody do that for you and filling all the thousands of forms you have to do, that's, it's definitely worth I mean, we just had one day a week for six months and it was an absolute lifesaver. That's so interesting. That one day a week just brings, sorry, brings everyone together and uh, yeah, helps you do that. I think on the portal, we're definitely going to be doing some masterclasses on it because you're right. It is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenging thing. <laughs> I've thought of something else that's quite key for me. Um, is there anybody in the room from Scotland? Yay! <laughs> well, this, this might be of help to you particularly, but it's about the fundraising side, and it's about... One, one thing I wish we'd done a bit differently is to is this business about seeing the end from the beginning again. If you think about your fundraising plan and you put a timeline on it from the moment the announcement happens to when, when your uh, garden eventually goes to its end location and beyond, so it's a fundraising story right through because initially we treated it as a sort of tale of two halves. The first kind of pitch was that we've got this wonderful money from Project Giving Back, but we need more to do a lot of things beyond that. And in Scotland specifically, there's maybe a different view of the RHS to what there is here. Uh, and people just saw uh, Chelsea as a very kind of affluent thing and why would you need more help? The minute we switched that story and made it about the end location and overcoming health inequalities and enabling more children to have art therapy who otherwise wouldn't, different reaction. So I would say if I had my time again, I'd make it about the end point from the beginning. That's a really great piece of advice and actually kind of, I think, tease up what I was going to ask around what's the legacy and how have you been focusing, you know, fundraising and networking around that? I mean, what's, how are you managing the legacy of, of the School Food Matters Garden? Well, we've got a lovely story to tell and it makes 
for a really great conversation when you're standing on the garden. So our garden is going to two schools, one in London in North Ealing and the other one is going up to Liverpool. So the, the um, drought resistant plants are staying in London and the moisture loving plants are going to Liverpool. It seems to have flipped weirdly, the weather at the moment. It's really bright and dry and sunny up there. But anyway, um, and because of that, we on press day, we were able to get some of the children from Alec Reed to come along to the garden. And another sort of top tip, if you're looking for those now, Hattie, yeah. um, if you have anybody who can sing, <laughs> bring them along on press day. We had 10 children from Alec Reed. Um, who sang to us, and of course it was like an amazing magnet, because the other thing you don't see much of at Chelsea is children. Yeah. So it was an unusual year this year, for the first time in 100 years, they had um, a, a children's day, a picnic day on Monday, which is very unusual, but we could tap into that. Um, the story behind the choir is that when we decided where the school was, uh, the garden was going, we had a competition and schools applied. Um, I said to my colleague in the office, so on press day, I'd like Alec Reed's choir to come along. And she said, I'm really sorry, Alec Reed don't have a choir. And I said, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly this amazing choir um, came to pass and they did a, a, a beautiful job and it, it gave us great attention. So Alec Reed is going to receive one garden. Liverpool, we got the um, head teacher and the executive head down and their local MP to talk at our after hours event about what a difference it's going to make to their school. And then it lives on, because the school garden, or any garden, attracts people from their community, it creates conversations, it often helps schools reach families that are hard to reach. It's a very equal um, experience, gardening. There, is, there are no barriers. Anybody can come put their hands in the soil or help dig. So it's just a, a fabulous opportunity for the school to invite the wider community in. And those children that came on Monday are never going to forget their day at Chelsea. They got to meet a princess too. So, I mean, it's amazing. it came together well. That's amazing. I'm, I'm going to come back to you on after hours and gala and all those events that you can do. And I know you had a big press day moment as well with, with children. How Do you want to talk about press day and how you approached that? Because that was amazing. Um, our approach on press day, we knew that we had to pitch an idea to RHS because they want you to raise your game and do something really visually engaging. So we, um, we did a Mad Hatter's Tea Party because obviously it's Teapot Trust. And we actually paid for um, a choreographer to you know, make that as visually engaging as possible. And we just, that was actually a fairly late decision to have that done, but we just knew there'd be fierce competition. Um, and we had two celebrities who were just brilliant and are now gonna continue with us as patrons. But it was a lot of um, celeb spotting and grabbing them and being in, in photos. Um, the, the picnic wasn't actually ours, that was, that was, was that RHS who yeah. Yeah, organized that? So separately, we had um, uh, children coming in, in different, uh, how many, about three or four, I can't even remember, everything's a blur. Uh, we had different children coming throughout the morning to engage with the garden because um, it was very interactive. Because we do art therapy, we wanted there to be references to nonverbal communication. So we had soundscapes, you could talk into the, there was a microphone, there is a microphone in the, um, rows of a, of a watering can and you can talk into that and the grasses move and we've got ECG pads on, t on plants because we wanted medical equipment to be used in a non-scary way. So they were just loving all this. Um, so that, that we had some great photos of those children. And then the third thing was by, again, good fortune, 
uh, Chelsea pensioners who come from Scotland got in touch, and so we had them several times Sweet. at the garden. They're coming to our event tonight as well. So th there is a lot of opportunistic thing, and you have to just be ready for that and be quite bold. Grab people, say, can I be cheeky? Will you come and have a, a photo with us? So we did really well. I think probably about 12 celebs, really well-known celebs. Um, yeah. Came on. Now, you've both been doing events. So, Stephanie, because like, to the room, Chelsea, if you haven't been to Chelsea, there's a lot of different events you can do. Which ones have you chosen to do as a charity? We've done two after-hours events, so yeah. Tuesday and Thursday. Great. And how have those been going for you? How have you really, approached those? Yeah, really good. So when we, we, when we did what you're going to do this evening, which was to go over and talk to some of the um, exhibitors and charities, yeah. we had um, 55 on Tuesday and we're going to have 40 tonight. Canapes, drinks, absolutely delightful. Once you've made your speech, which yeah. is the moment, you know, it's good to bring people together and remind them why they're here and, you know, be bold and say we're here fundraising. Yeah. So um, once the speech is gone, it's a really lovely opportunity to get people onto your garden too, because obviously it's, a, it's a, an exhibition piece, if you like, so yeah. you have to be quite careful with it during the week, but the after has a lovely opportunity to get people on the garden and see it through the eyes of a child, so that was been really special. Yeah, and, and you, you've been doing after-hours events as well. Uh, we did one on Tuesday, and we have another this evening. So Tuesdays was the Books Fizz breakfast, and... Because we only had 30, uh, well, three tables of 10, so 30 guests, we've spent quite a long time deciding who to come and um, networking through our existing... We, we went back and we mined our database and we asked people in London who had been generous or um, who had the biggest potential to give to introduce us to their friends and get those friends there. So even until last week, there was a few people dropping out and a few changes, but we were just intent on making sure that they were really wealthy people who, in principle, were supportive of our cause. And we were very upfront with them. The, the, the breakfast was good, and we took them back to the garden, and they had a, you know, a talk from, from the chair and from the founder and from the garden designers and from me. And I was very upfront in saying, look, we're going to consider you part of our family now, and we're going to be stewarding you. We want your support. And if you don't want to do that, then you need to let us know because, you know, you are, you are part of things. So I just thought this is too big an opportunity to have. I mean, there were wives of millionaires there, and it's too big an opportunity to let that go without just being really clear. Um, yeah. So that was Tuesdays. Tonight, it's a different audience. It's a mixed bag of some trusts, some private individuals, some partners we've worked with. Um, a few of our art therapists are there. So probably that'll have a different vibe, but, you know, I'll be equally direct. Yeah. <laughs> I think direct is, is the way forward. I've seen lots of, you know, there's different different charities approach it in different ways. I think Choose Love had a silent disco. Like, there's different, definitely different ways to do it. Tom, anything to add on those events? I, just, I had a question. Did either of you... So I, I second that. Tuesday and Thursday are by far the best opportunities through the week, the evenings. Did either of you two go to gala? We actually used our pass on that to invite really targeted um, media contacts that we wanted to bring in um, that weren't coming to press day necessarily, but that we really wanted to kind of have that, have an evening with them and tell them a very like bespoke story about what was going on around the garden. So I think if you are a charity and you're thinking about gala, 
it's think about who's in your network who you really want to make feel special and, and maybe that's a way to, to use that. It's about strengthening an existing relationship rather than maybe branching out to new ones. Um, I'm going to almost open it up now if you've got questions, but if you've got anything to add on the panel, like go for it. Can I give you my hack? Go for it. Wi-Fi and data, mm. absolutely dire. <laughs> So if you're trying to continue to run your charities during a show week, it's a bit stressful. But what I did, which I'm going to pass on because it's not illegal and I'm not going to be told off, but when I went to pick up my press tickets in the press tent on Sunday, I logged into their Wi-Fi. And that means that you can stand outside the tent, not go in because you're not allowed, but you can use their Wi-Fi for the week. So you will have seen me all week sitting uh, on, a, on a ledge um, doing my going about my business because I had good Wi-Fi. Nowhere else works. Did you, did you pay for Wi-Fi for your garden? No. So I would say it's I do that. <laughs> I didn't even know we could do that. Yeah, yeah. Tom. So I did do that like yeah. 100%. Like when I exhibited in 2013, our garden was controlled by Twitter, so we had to have it. But it meant that we had Wi-Fi all the time. The whole yeah. week. That's where we, we should read the manual then, because I hadn't spotted that at all. <laughs> so you, yeah, you can get Wi-Fi, and I, yeah, we did it this year. Um, and I know, I know, it made Brit's life a lot easier and Matt's life a lot easier because your photographers are, and videographers will thank you because they need to upload stuff. Um, I'm going to come out into the crowd to questions. So if you've got questions, I'm going to come here first and then work my way back if that's all right, Julie. Hello. What sort of budget would you recommend we put aside for? communications, entertaining, project management, all the stuff outside of the, the garden design? Do you know, I'm, I'm, I'm visualising in my mind's eye the kind of spreadsheet. Um, for the comms, actually, it wasn't a huge amount because a lot of it is on social and a lot of it is press. So uh, we, it wasn't very significant, maybe 10,000 tops. Um, and that's not, it's not been used, actually, all of it, because it has been uh, press and social mainly. I can tell you from our perspective, so that's project management merchandise, because you have to be wearing something mm -hmm. identifiable. Um, a little bit of project management um, merchandise, leaflets mm -hmm. and entertaining. We had a budget of 22K. Um, we probably over-egged the omelette on the leaflets, but, you know, uh, you learn. How many did you get printed? 20,000. Okay, I don't think you've gone over, I, don't, I think you can get them out. Because it's going to go nuts at the weekend. Yeah, I am seeing that. They seem to be, we're ripping through them now. Yeah, <laughs> and I would say, so the RHS line used to be, um, you, or if you really want to activate your garden, you double your budget. So that's what a corporate does. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that, but you double your budget. Can I just say, I, I don't agree with throwing money at something. I think you've got to be clever. And there'll be a lot of charities here who are like frightened by that, the, these figures. I think you've just got to be really clever in how you do it. Oh, but then I, think it's, I think it's the proportion, because I think actually, it's how, because yeah, you can do it really creatively. You can go social, you can, but to be honest, if you then want to get a decent social agency on a retainer for the duration, you're probably looking at 20 grand for a decent social agency. So. I'd say you've done amazingly well on 10 grand. It's how far do you want to push it? Mm. Because you could go out and talk to Chelsea and Bloom people and get some amazing activity for free. Mm. But then you could also go, oh, hang on, we're going to get some ambassadors and guerrilla ambassador handing out leaflets at Sloan Square and they're going to be some of our junior staff and that's going to be free. You could do that at Waterloo. Like there are loads of other ways of doing it. But I would say you still want to be looking at somewhere between 30 and 50% of your total budget on 
activating it if you really want to make a, a big splash. Okay. And can you data capture on site? It sounds like you can't be you know, there with your contactless machine asking for money, but can you capture people's data? We, we have been, definitely. Okay. We, um, we've been giving out tote bags and asking people to sign up for a chance of winning uh, a two-week break in a French sheet, which uh, one of our donors has, has gifted us. So we've, we've captured about 200 addresses. Okay, so that's where your conversion is going to come from. Okay, thank you. Cool, and on that, in terms of conversion, I think last year, any charity that ran a competition to enter, that was a, a really great one to, to get people sign up. I mean, personally, on Project Giving Back, we don't hand a bag out unless someone follows us on Instagram or signs <laughs> up. We're a, bit, we're a bit mean like that. Um, right, I had a question here, and then I'm coming over to that side. Thank you. Hello. Um, in terms of your fundraising ask, did you fundraise for a project, or were you just asking for general donations? Well, the, f the fundraising plan initially, as I said, it was kind of a tale of two halves. We put the focus on the fact that we'd got this money from Project Giving Back, but we needed the shortfall to cover the relocation and you know various other things we wanted to do. At the final destination, um, which is the, the garden is going to Royal Hospital for Children, Glasgow, and we wanted to put an art, an art therapy pod there, sustainable, solar powered, so there's a permanent lasting presence there. So there's quite a few things above and beyond that we wanted to do. And actually, um, you know, to making the focus, the fact that we were, we'd won this garden at Chelsea didn't really cut it. So we had sort of midway through, we totally shifted, shifted the emphasis. But it, originally, originally when we started, it was about what this will leverage for the charity. And I think the, tar the target figure, because all told, it was about, with everything we wanted to do, it's probably not far off 300,000, which for a charity of our size uh, probably did seem like fantasy. <laughs> uh, so then we kind of did break it down into the second half, and that made all the difference. But the fundraising was mostly, we were approaching trusts, horticultural trusts and so on. Um, we were going to some of our major donors, but we didn't do anything into only now that Chelsea is happening, are we doing a public phase and text to donate and all of that. And, and obviously the event. So there's a lot riding on this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I had a question here. Do you have a question? Um, <clears throat> just wondered if you could give some tips about pitching to journalists. Like you mentioned having a comm strategy and targeting like broadsheets or radio, TV. Like what did you find worked best or like converted most effectively? Because obviously it's a huge investment in time to pitch mm. to everyone. And was there a particular newspaper or magazine or, or journal, a specific journalist that you found was really good? So from our perspective, we did our own piece of research from the charity specifically for Chelsea. We wanted to find out something unique. So we've got lots of impact data, but we wanted to have something really interesting. So we did um, a survey amongst all of the schools that we've worked with after, over the last 15 years, and we came up by the skin of our teeth, really. Um, we found that the majority of children surveyed preferred, wait for it, Owl, thank you for this, green time to screen time, because they preferred when we asked them as a treat, what would you like to do? Um, and they wanted to be outside. So it was, I have to say that it was a bit of a tight thing to get that majority. I think it was about 55% of children said, but that's the majority. So we were able to go to the press and say the majority of children surveyed prefer green time to screen time, and that got a lot of attention. 
Um, as far as pitching to journalists, we just got it out everywhere, really. Um, some of the best connections obviously happen uh, by coincidence. We got some BBC coverage because I met one of the producers when I was putting on my steel cap boots when I went to the site on the Friday. So um, this, this is how things happen. So, you know, it's, it's about finding something unique that your charity can say, something a little bit different. Yeah, and I um, we have a, the next session is dedicated to PR and comms, and I just want to also take this opportunity to let you know where's Rhea? Rhea Higgins, who is a friend of PGB, um, has arrived, came at lunch. Um, definitely, I always advise with your story, like go and bounce it off a friendly journalist, and Rhea is the <laughs> epitome, and Rosie as well. We've got um, some journalists in the room because I think we're going to be covering that a lot in the next session of like what they're interested in, what those one-liners and, and what they're looking for you can, you can do. Um, I'm going to come to another question unless anyone on the stage has got um, more to say. I had a question back here. Uh, yes. Is there a limitation... Sorry. <laughs> is, is there a limitation as to the number of events you can do at yes. the Chelsea yeah. Flower Show? Yeah, so there's... You do business breakfasts? Well, we originally believed we could do two business breakfasts and, a, and a, an evening, and we got, only got one of each. Okay, so I think you can do business breakfasts and the two evenings. Well, we, we wanted three events, and we were told we could really? have two. Yes, yes. Gosh, they're tight, aren't they? So I think it depends, it depends on the size of your garden, I think. If you've got a bigger garden, you yeah. can do so you more. Get more. You get more ticket allocation for bigger gardens, but I thought you could still do a business breakfast and have the Tuesday and Thursday evenings. Yeah, we, we only wanted to do two evening events, so we did both, and it didn't seem like yeah. a problem getting that. And there's gala as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, I think from the RHS perspective, they have to obviously balance a lot of, a lot of sponsors and clients, so um, definitely one to pick up, and, and we'll find that limitation for you. But It will be on the portal. <laughs> <laughs> there's the RHS in you. <laughs> um, okay, did I have a question on this side? Yes. Hi, um, just wondering if you uh, tried to engage corporates to get corporate sponsorship and, and where you pitched that. Um, we didn't go corporates, but it didn't. this event hasn't cost School Food Matters a penny because we would not have done it had it um, cost a penny. So we got a sponsorship for our time and the merch. So as, uh, when I'm talking about that budget of 25, that, that was raised by one of our project partners. Um, and... I, we would have done this. We're very careful who our corporates are, obviously, because we're a children's charity and we're all about sustainable food. So we went to one of our existing partners who fund our programs for schools and they saw the value of it and um, said yes straight away. So, but, but I would have gone out because I didn't want it to... Maybe I'm risk-averse, but I didn't want it to cost us a penny. Mm. I wanted it to be an opportunity to raise money, not spend money. Was, sorry, there was a really interesting point there because it's not actually come up today, but it usually comes up lots of RHS events of in-kind sponsorship. Um, and I would definitely be looking at that because I think, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously on your leaflet, if someone provides your T-shirts for you, you can put their logo on your leaflet. On, and that leaflet could be handed to 20,000 people, could be handed to 60,000 people of an ABC1 demographic, Southeast, all the normal Chelsea data points. Um, but yeah, you can definitely do in-kind sponsorship. Our experience of corporates, we've got three corporates, but it took a disproportionate amount of time, frankly, and I think that's one thing that we might think, mm, is, it, is it time well spent? Um, 
one of them is absolutely wonderful, and it came about through... Um, it's all about who knows who, isn't it? It came about through a friend of someone who, who's on our board, and they opened the door for them to do Initially, they did a quiz night for us, and then it grew from there. So they've sponsored us, and they're bringing people to our reception tonight. The other is our legal firm. They've got an office in London, so they're the other one. But I, I did find that it was, it was a really hard thing to get support from, yeah. from a corporate. Yeah, and, and just two uh, bits to add there. I think from the previous year, I think Mind, um, they actually got their corporate partner involved in the relocation. They sort of match funded us on, on the relocation. So they took a regional approach to it. Um, otherwise, a lot of people have gone down the sort of individual philanthropist um, approach on those evenings. Now, I had a question in this zone somewhere. Has it been answered? Answered? Question over there, Louise. Yeah, I was um, lucky enough to be at Presley on Monday, which is a real, really great insight, actually, to see how it operates. Um, I noticed there was loads of celebrities, hundreds of them, which is amazing, all endorsing people's gardens. And I was just wondering, are they paid? Not, are they paid to come? We, we, paid didn't pay to we didn't pay anybody. We did approach people who said, yeah. before they even have a conversation, we need to name our price, and so that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, the two people who were so brilliant, no, they weren't paid. No. Um, and the people who you, who you grab, no, absolutely not. So we didn't pay anybody. That's good. So I just, I just wondered from a budgetary perspective whether you need mm. to budget something like that and if you need someone there. But, so they, they're just there, and they will endorse you if they feel like your charity is, you know... They, they, you know, your charity is, is relevant to them or they're interested in it. It's interesting. I'll just flip it on its head. I think it's their absolute privilege to be on our garden yeah. and to be in front of the BBC. They should be paying us. But, but also, just on that, though, your garden has to be sufficiently interesting and attractive for them to probably want to be there, or so, or you'd think, anyway. Uh -huh. yeah. No, it's good to know. I mean, I'm from a background, PR background, where we had to pay celebrities to come to events and things like that. So it's, it's just interesting to see, but obviously with a charity, obviously flips it on, it, on, it, on its head. I think the vast majority of them, or the celebrities in attendance on a Monday, are actually invited directly by the RHS. So it's managed by the RHS press office. And then you do just have to be bold and just go grab them. Yeah, we, got, we, had, um, a t we had a celebrity um, spotting sheet that I handed out to all of our volunteers, so they were looking out for people, because the RHS will give you the list mm. of people that they've invited. So um, depending on one's age, the celebrities were easy to spot, uh, <laughs> different celebrities were easy to spot in different ways. Um, so it was very funny. We had uh, Dominic West on our garden, and I put it out to the team immediately, and it came back, who's that? <laughs> And then somebody from Strictly, some chap, lovely chap called Tyler, was on the garden, and all the young people were super excited, and I didn't have a clue. So, you know. No, it's, uh, yeah, there's lots of, uh, lots of ways to, to do the celebrity spotting. I think one other thing that um, I've noticed happened a lot more this year, um, particularly out on Main Avenue on a fundraising piece, is people invited artists to paint the garden um, during the week, and then that was used as an auction piece at some of their events. So you can definitely be clever about like what is it in the garden that someone want, might want as a memento mm. um, to take away and to feel like they've been part of, of the story. So looking forward to it. And then when we do the reunion, we'll actually have a whole bunch of paintings to put up on the wall, which would be great. <laughs> um, do we have any other questions? I think we've hit time and we're about to go into PR comms. Um, question for fundraising and networking. Hello, Emma from Bow Research UK. Um, I'm really interested in the competition element and how many leads you've got off your competition. 
if you know that Well, yet. so far we're only... Um, today is Thursday. Monday was press day. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So three days in, we've got about 200 sign-ups. Um, but it depends... I mean, your volunteers, you need to... You know, we've, we've actually had to go and get more printed, um, more of the sheets. So, And the, the, the difficulty there as well is the QR code just wasn't working because of the reception issue. So if, if you want to do it that way, then you need to pay for the Wi-Fi at your stand. Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. I think, um, Debbie, I'm going to have to let you answer that, ask that question in the break. Um, we're going to take a very short one, literally just if you need to nip out and come back in, because we're going to roll straight into uh, press and comms, and, and then we're going to get more celebrity oh, action. Oh, I, I had one quick thing to say, very quickly whilst they leave. Yeah. Because um, obviously you're all doing different size of gardens. If you're doing a show garden, I'd be saying you actually probably want to be, and especially a main avenue show garden, yeah. you're looking at probably... 60 to 100,000 leaflets. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a lot, because the footfall is so much greater and people gravitate towards those gardens. It's like they're the most wanted to see thing in the show. Yeah, I think, yeah, you whatever you get, you give away a lot of it, but we can go, we can definitely yeah. do sort of handouts of numbers. I might actually do a little survey of everyone we've, we've had this year to see what numbers they had and what they actually handed out. Um, cool, so um, thank you so much. Round of applause for our speakers, thank you.